0: All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heatwave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heatwave Sports Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. <laughs>
1: Sports, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Tim Unglesby and Ryan with you in Las Vegas. And hopefully we'll get Tom Barton from Tom Barton Sports, my my co-host for over a decade here uh, with us shortly as we are having problems with the program that connects us. And hopefully we can get him on the horn here with us to, to take you through a, a super, super Sunday, Sunday night as we're with you till midnight. midnight. And yes, the big, big deal this this, uh, this Sunday is March Madness, March Mania, March Mania, whatever you wanna call it. That's what we're doing here on e Sports. But a bigger story, before we get to that, a bigger story that broke the same day, shortly around the same time and that is, and that the, is announcement the announcement that, that... Tom tim i am here i can hear I can you, hear Tom. you Tom. oh, oh
0: my goodness technology
1: is it, are we is there? there?
0: yes we are here let me tell you something I, I go back to john mclean in Die Hard 2 where he says technology peaked at the frozen pizza."
1: well i think we might need to send an ambulance down to lotus for ryan he's uh he might have had a heart attack down there in the, in the uh, booth so we're and, of course, as I say that, Tommy is no longer with us. So Wonderful, wonderful Sunday here on E-Wave Sports. <laughs> All right. As I said, the announcement that came uh, relatively shortly before the, the big racket unveil, Tom Brady, the GOAT, right, TB12, whatever you want to call him. Call him the best seven times. And I think I'm back. There he is. <laughs> I, I, so, I was saying uh, we might need to send an ambulance down to, down to Lotus for Ryan. He, he, I think he had a heart attack in the booth because he was stressed, stressed out when I called him, my man. At, at this point, I I would think if we were if I was doing like a Rogers rant,
0: you know, an anti-rant, <laughs> Rod- I, I would think that you guys just shut me off because you, you don't <laughs> like what I'm saying. But I, I haven't said anything controversial yet today.
1: Yeah. All right, well, let's see. Let's <laughs> just, uh, fingers crossed, we, we stay on here, and I, I'm assuming we can go to the top of the hour here since we've we've had a nice 15-minute break to start this show. But, Tom, look, March Madness, March Mayhem, March Mania, whatever you want to call it, that's this Sunday where the, the brackets are revealed, the teams are announced. We're going to look at all that, but a bigger story happened today Around the same time, the guy dominates the sports world. Whether you love him or hate him, Tom Brady's coming back for year number twenty-three.
0: And, and you know, it came down. Is it, 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 you know, it came down in what was the reaction? You know, everybody was like, "Whoa!" For about a second, mm-hmm. you know, right? I mean, but look, the baseball lockout lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement, so. Immediately, you know, I called Abby in the in the back. I, I, I'm sitting, you know, down in the office and I'm, I'm going, oh, I want to watch a bracket show. I want to kind of get into this thing. I want to have this. And all of a sudden, I texted Abby, you got to come in here. She said, Why well, is Brady's back? I can't believe Brady unretired. Abby looked at me and said, That's yeah, about right. And I said, Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the, the initial shock of it coming in on like Selection Sunday and kind of just, you know, slapping you in the face, sort of, was the. The shock! Oh my goodness, Brady's back! And then a minute later, you're like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, that's about right." <laughs> you know, that, that's about right. It's kind of funny because you know, I did my show this morning. And on my show this morning, I was talking about Rodgers this week, and I said, you know, through all the hoopla and all the conversation and all the the garbage and all the the, the look at me, look at me, you know, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, like he has been for the better, you know, more than a decade, and all of this, Don Brady retired, and that's it, he's gone, and oh my goodness, and let's trot it out, and I can't believe he's gone. Like, well, yeah, we're going to get a regular season where Tom Brady is the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, you know, it was shocking. But it kind of wasn't. It, it's the it's the shock of the announcement. I think how he he announced it kind of on Twitter in the middle of Selection Sunday. But no one's really shocked that the guy's coming back.
1: No, I'm not sure. It was it was what Arian said right when they had talked about. Well, with the year left on the contract, would Tampa move that contract? And he's like, absolutely not. We'll let Tom think this over. And if he decides to come back, he's, he's going to be, be a bucket. bucket. And I, I think, think uh, we, we saw, saw that. that it worked out for him and we saw even after he signed tom or it said he was coming back his center ryan jensen decided to resign with the team i think he was gone if he wasn't coming back
0: uh, i think a lot of guys and that's why he announced it today he announced it kind of saying hey guys don't don't go anywhere hey, you know don't, don't sign anywhere else because as of tomorrow they can sign
1: same with gronkowski right i mean the rumors are well tennessee's looking at him buffalo's looking at him is he going to even come back and play at all we kind of know where he's going to go, Tom.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee all, all week it was Tennessee's. You know, Gronk's going to Tennessee. And look, rumors are rumors, and I don't get down on reporters trying to break stories. But if there's anybody on earth outside of like Giselle, who that probably knew Brady was thinking about coming back, it was Gronkowski, right? And maybe he wanted to talk to Tennessee. Maybe, you know, he wanted to flirt a little bit. But he's not leaving Tom in any way, shape, or form. And I think he probably kind of knew.
1: And even with all the injuries they had last year, still getting almost, you know, it took a, it took a hell of a drive to beat him after he took a hell of a drive to, to put him up to be a, to to eliminate him. And that's with all those injuries. Yeah. So well, well, yeah. When you look at, I mean, when you look at all that. God Look, the the franchise thing, tag. Tommy Mike Evans is going to be healthy. It's kind of like the band is back together, right? And you know that they're the Jensen signing was a bonus. They're already trying to upgrade the offensive line, which kept Brady relatively off the ground last year.
0: Right, and, and, and you know you know that they weren't, um, and you know that last year everybody kind of pointed to Antonio Brown, and everybody kind of alluded to Chris Godwin getting hurt. But it was it was kind of all of them, right? I mean, Brown went down, or whatever. I don't even want to say it went down. Brown was gone. Uh, Chris Godwin was was gone. You look at the offensive line was banged up. Leonard Fournette missed a lot of time. I mean, they, they, looked, they weren't the Ravens, okay? But they were a very injured team. And I think that Brady... You know, like I said about Rodgers, and I, and I said this this morning, and it repeats bearing, uh, bearing repeating here. Aaron Rodgers... I don't believe that he only played people like a fiddle. You'd like, you'd like me to rip a apart here, right? I don't believe that he only played people like a fiddle. I do think that there was a point in all of this that Aaron Rodgers thought, maybe I'm not going to be a Green Bay Packer. I, I do think that there was a lot of this that was, yeah, I know I'm coming back and I'm going to kind of play people. I think that there was a point here that Tom Brady looked at things and said, oh, I'm going to walk away. I, I, think, I think he believed it. Um, but... I definitely don't think he came up to a conclusion or woke up this morning and kind of said, Oh, here we go. You know, I don't think that that was the case. I think that Talon Brady absolutely realized, you know, maybe I can retire. But I think he also looked at the landscape, Tim. I think he looked at the things that we're talking about. You know, a lot of injuries last year. Yet we still got pretty far. You know, we dealt with a lot of stuff. Still got pretty far. I I, I should have finished first in the MVP rating. Look, I got a lot left in the tank. The NFC is a train wreck, and my division i walk in there and play left-handed and win the division right i think that all of this does matter look i'm not saying that tom brady isn't afraid tom brady and aaron Rodgers, these guys they don't understand what it's like to be afraid oh, i don't want to go play in the homes division or whatever but they're also old enough to understand wow you know this is kind of an easier path than i've ever had and for tom brady this is a a brady and rogers both have a very easy easy path. They have three teams in that division that could win, or in that conference that could win. I'm not even going to put the Niners there, because I'm going to have a rookie quarterback.
1: Am I reading into this, or does Aaron Rodgers returning to Green Bay for one more rodeo, did that kind of kick Brady uh, out the door again?
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. You know, there, there is the theory that Brady came back just to ruin Aaron Rodgers' life, you know? And I'm okay with that. <laughs> right? But, but I, I think... Look, I think that these guys look at things you differently than we do. And Tom Brady looked at it and basically, look, let's be real here. And Packers fans will get upset. Tom Brady looked at the NFC and said, i got to go take on Atlanta, who's a joke. Carolina, who's, let's be honest, they don't even have a quarterback right now. And the Saints, they're trying to get Deshaun Watson. I mean, and no Sean Payton. I could win 15, 16. I might be able to go undefeated. Because you know that in the back of his head, he wants to go undefeated. All right. In my division, I should not lose a game. It should be a a, a cakewalk. And then I got to go up against the choke artist, one of the biggest choke artists in the history of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, or I got to take on a team trying to repeat a Super Bowl champions, which hasn't happened, you know, uh, since the Patriots. I, I mean, you know, look at what they're up against. Brady sees an opening. Brady says, you know what? Like you said, bring the band back together. Let's bring these guys there, but I think I can win. And he did leave a lot on the table. And I think when, you, when you're done, you take, you know, maybe you take two weeks off and Brady relaxed and kind of hung out. And he said, okay, here we go. And then all of, all of a sudden, you sit back and you go, wait a minute. You know, hold on, wait a minute. You know, I'm still in great shape. I still want to go out there and do that. And I think that his family, you know, everyone's like, you know, pointing to him. I think his family probably said, Tom, you got one more year. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be Okay.
1: How does that change the the aspect of, of the betting odds, Tommy? To win the Super Bowl, of course.
0: I'm sorry, Tim, I missed that.
1: But do we do we see a change in the odds on Tampa Bay next year to win the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, they went from 25 to one down to seven and a half to one at some places. Um, they are tied with Kansas City in some spots. Most of those spots, though, are about eight to one, eight and a half to one. They are right there, literally tied with what Green Bay did. Green Bay went from 16 to one to 12 to one, and then the announcement came and it went to eight to one. They are exactly where Green Bay is. They pretty much did exactly what Green Bay's movement was from 25 to one uh, all the way down to about eight to one now you can get him at seven and a half you get him at about eight i even saw a nine for a short mile but that kind of you know fell down as well mm-hmm.
1: yeah interesting interesting sunday anything you want to throw in on on this announcement i i thought just just the timing of it it seemed so uh you, you know generally this day and it still is this day is still all about the tournament and the teams going in and, and the seeds and the teams left out you know we're going to get into all that but Kind of funny that Brady still dominates the sports world, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it it is, and you know one of the things that I will say about you know Brady coming back is, and this is uh, this is going to be a hard thing for me to say, but it, it's reality. Look, Brady will at some point fall off the map. Okay, I don't see Brady falling off the map with this team, but I also don't think he's going to have that MVP run again. You know, you can keep doubting Brady, keep doubting Brady. I just don't see see him going down that road. I don't think at 45 years old, you know, you could continue to do that. Now, I also think that you have to look at the signing. You have to look at 17 games. You have to look at what he's looking at. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brady talked to Bruce Arians and talked to them and said, Look, you know, guys, uh, uh, I might uh, look, the playoffs are important. I might need a day or two off, right? I might need a week here or, or, or there off. It wouldn't surprise me. Now, I don't think Brady intentionally would do that, but... If they are as good as we think that they're going to be this year, simply because their division is so horrendous, could I see Brady going, you know what, 17 games, guys, this is just a long haul, um, or, or having a shorter summer camp, or having things lessen for him for his body's sake? I absolutely could see that. So while Brady coming back sounds really great, and, and it's a good situation, Tim, and I think that he's going to be very good, there's also the counter argument to that of, you know, from a personal standpoint, I don't think his numbers are going to look like they did this year. I think he'll be very good. I think he could win the Super Bowl. But I don't think his, his strict numbers are going to be the same because I do think that he's got to be smart about things at 45.
1: It also brings to the fact that what was Tampa Bay going to do without him to begin with?
0: Well, yeah. It, you know, they didn't really have a plan. And I thought maybe they would get in on the Deshaun Watson situation because they have a team that is you know capable of winning things. Um, I didn't think that they would go and trade for Garoppolo. That's a weird spot, right? That's a weird fit. Carson Wentz, that's a weird fit. You know, you look at the Russell Wilson, that was never going to happen. They weren't going to mortgage their future. So, you know, there's weird fits. And even the Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to give up a boatload of, of picks. I think that they were, in the back of their minds, they were thinking, look, you know, let's, let's try to lure Tom back even mid-season. If you remember, I said that a couple of weeks ago. Try to get him back even mid-season. Maybe we'll run this thing back with James Winston. Or maybe we'll run this thing back with Mitch Trubisky or Marcus Mariota. I think that they were definitely going the backup route and kind of just hoping that Brady would come in to save the day. Well,
1: it will be an interesting off-season as... Coming up, Tom, just a little bit over a month away, the NFL draft, which will be right here in Las Vegas, and free agency. So a lot of things, you know, we're already seeing with with the agreements, a lot of signings and guys changing teams already. So again, the NFL, that short offseason, they always dominate the news. Tim,
0: I I didn't get your opinion on um, the Rodgers and Wilson thing. I mean, we touched on Rodgers. To me, it's ho-hum. Selfish Aaron Rodgers, once again, being selfish. I I don't think the Packers are a threat next year. I think that, uh, you know, all the conversation of, you know, the last dance, my best friend, and Devontae Adams, we're running it back, kind of went by the wayside the minute they flashed a little cash in front of him, right? I mean, yeah, see you later, Devontae. Yeah, you're on your own, I'm getting my 200 million. Um, They're gonna lose linebackers, they're gonna lose some, you know, backup wide receivers and secondary guys. Uh, To me, the Rodgers thing was I started to see the writing on the wall for the last month or so. Um, The Russell Wilson thing, you know, again, I started to hear a lot of rumors about this. Here's the problem with the Russell Wilson situation, Tim, for me. It doesn't really change much. Look, I think Denver was a, a borderline playoff team without Russell Wilson. I think they are a wild card team with him. To me, they are not a Super Bowl team. It is a first-year head coach. a first-year offensive coordinator, a first-year quarterback with a brand-new team. I like what they're building. I like Sutton. I like Judy. I like Williams. I like that defense. But I don't think they're doing anything this year. To me, they might finish in last place. They might finish in first place. But I don't see them in the Super Bowl this year as much as I like Russell Wilson. And then after this year, they're going to have to pay him. And they're going to have to pay him Aaron Rodgers type of money, which will hurt the entire franchise. Yeah.
1: I, I you know I liked it both ways I guess because I think in, in the Seattle case where are you at right now right is your team gonna win a win a Super Bowl in the next three to five years and I don't think that they're set up that way so they kind of had to do what they had to do and I think you'll see quickly Carroll will follow out that door at some point Tom and they will just it's time to re-scrap it, right they've had a great run you know getting that getting a Super Bowl title out of the whole thing so from the Seattle side of it they, I think they got. They got, got good, good value for the, for the deal. From the Denver, Denver side of it, I, I, think I think it's Elway. I think, I think you know, a lot, a lot of times he, times he saw what he was lucky, lucky enough, enough to do with Peyton and, and stealing a Super Bowl. I just, um, I think that's what it was. It was luck, Tom. And, I, I you know, I like Russell Wilson a lot. I think he's a good quarterback. I just, and he's got, he's got good offensive pieces there too, Tom. I just don't know. I just don't know, especially with a new coach. Um, and as long as Elway has his fingers and things, I, it always, for me, it's always a negative. Well,
0: you know, the the thing is, is that everyone's going to point to the division. Um, But we also saw Russell Wilson kind of fall off a little bit last year. I know he was injured, but he fell off a little bit last year. This was also starting to become. Hello, hello. Be a part of the show. 876-1340 or text box to 69187. Tim, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. We are back. We are back.
1: All right. So you're talking about the AFC West and Russell Wilson and Denver, Tom.
0: Yes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah well, uh, I mean, when you're talking about the AFC West, I don't know how much you guys heard before. You know, I, I was chopped there. But when you're talking about the AFC West, look, Tim, one of the things, you, you know, you have to look at it. Yes, it's a strong division. Everyone keeps pointing to the idea. It's a very strong division. But I also think that it's the other moving parts. Again, it's a new head coach. It's a new offensive coordinator. It's a new quarterback coming into the league. It's a, it's a new, new system, system. Everything, is everything is brand new, new here. here um, um and, and when you're, you're really, really you know breaking, breaking it down, down. russell, russell wilson's, wilson's coming onto a young, young team. team it's new look i think, I think you have to make, make this make deal for the future, future. but they're russell also gonna have, have to pay him right i mean they are gonna have to pay him right? Right? i love the move for this year in a betting angle i don't think denver's going out there winning the super bowl this year they might finish literally last they might finish first i like What What the move was, was, I think think you had to go go get a quarterback. quarterback. I think you needed to go do that. I think think it was was vital vital to go get get Russell Wilson. Wilson. But But I I see see people jumping up like crazy. I mean, I've I've seen seen odds odds where the Denver Broncos are the third highest highest team in the AFC. AFC, As as far as as odds go, 10 to 1 odds. I mean, that's absolutely insane. It wouldn't shock me again if they finished in fourth place. They could still finish. the Raiders are a playoff team last year with the interim head coach, right? Um, you have Mahomes. You have Herbert. I think the Chargers got better with Khalil Mack. As far as the Seattle situation, I started to go into this a little bit. I don't know if you guys heard this. You know, I've always been an advocate of tearing it down to the studs if you're not going to win it, right? And the Bears are doing that right now, and Seattle's doing that right now. Tear it down to the studs, and they're doing that. They let go of Bobby Wagner. I think Metcalf's going to be out of the town. There's a chance Lockett could be out of town. Um, and Pete not going to be around. Um, For the the rebuild, rebuild. He just just won't be. be. He's not going to be there for the rebuild. rebuild. They are going to tear this to the ground. And if you want a betting angle, of all the betting angles that we had, right, and all the movement that we had during the week, people went crazy and ran to the window for Aaron Rodgers. People went crazy and ran to the window for Russell Wilson and the Broncos. You know, the one that I'm looking at is I think that Seattle might be the worst team in the league. I think that Seattle might end up with two or three wins. They are going to be awful in a very tough division.
1: What you, you know, that was the big talk was the AFC West and how it changed the landscape of it and how the Raiders fit into the equation. Tom, so, so this, one's, uh, this one's interesting in that you have, you know, we always talk about the quarterbacks in the division, right? And, of course, you have Mahomes, Herbert, the youngersters, the Carr, and now Wilson. Uh, they are all going to play each other twice. And really, it's, it's, are we going to see the same type of situation where you essentially have two, maybe three teams battling for the playoffs?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> you, you, you look at the, the NFC, NFC did, and then you look at the did, AFC team, right? right? And the, and the NFC, NFC is two or three teams team that can win the Super Bowl um maybe right i mean if you're putting green bay in there you have two or three teams that go in the super bowl and then you look at the afc west and you go there are four teams that that could win the playoff make the playoffs. there are maybe three teams that go in the super bowl in the AFC west um you know i don't think it really impacts the raiders you know more than just saying it's just going to be a harder way to go look the most adamant raider fan out there you could be pie in the sky happy. You could be all you know excited about what's going on and um, what you guys did last year. And I'm not taking anything away from you, but you had to know. Look, the chances of you winning the, the, the division next year are very low. You can't be Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City's a machine. The chances of the Chargers not improving, and now with Khalil Mack coming aboard along with Bosa, whatnot, chances are you are going to have a hard time with them. And now Denver was an evolving team. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, Denver was a hard out. So if you're a Raiders fan, you're looking at this and you're going, all right, look, we're probably a last place team, um, but we've defied the odds before. Maybe things fall in our favor. At best, to me, the Raiders were a wildcard team before this move. Right now, at best, they're a wildcard team. I thought I the Raiders, Raiders overplayed last year. I thought that they really you know went above and beyond. And if they don't make big moves, and I don't see many big moves in their future, if they don't make big moves. I think the Raiders are going to be on the outside looking in, but I don't see them completely falling apart because they have a pretty good basis there.
1: What about what about as a whole in the AFC? You know, you talked about Denver. A well, this was let me let me give it to you from the Denver point of view. As I've heard many. Many people talk about it, you know, the, uh, the quarterback away, right, Tom? But what they gave up, doesn't that affect the future of, of this team more so? Because, yeah, maybe some of your offensive pieces are, are a little bit on the younger side. But Russell's not a spring chicken himself, Tommy. He was battered the last couple of years.
0: Well, right. And, and like I said, we know that Hackett loves to run the RPO, which means, you know, what's going to happen? Well, he, he's going to probably try to utilize Russell Wilson's legs a little bit more. Now he's, he's, going against against Mack. Mack. Bosa, he's going up against Posa. he's going up against, you know, Crosby, and, uh, I mean, you, you do look at what Russell, at what Russell Wilson, Wilson is, and I, and I think, think that there is, there is now question, question is. mark. You, you know, know me. me. Look, look, I was, I was there, there at, at NC State, State, when at State when he was playing at NC State. I'm, I'm one of the, the biggest big Russell Wilson, Wilson fans. fans. But, but there, there is, is no question marks how a small body like that is going to age. How will he age? He's not Brady, and he's not Rodgers. He's not a guy that is strictly a slinger and sit back. Now, I think Hackett's going to put him in a position to you know, win. But again, I always bring up that contract. They're going to have to pay him. They're going to have to pay him long term. And in cold weather, in freezing Denver, does that small body age well, Tim? First of all, this year, I'm already writing it off for Denver, only because I see where people have them. Do I think Denver can be a playoff team? Sure. But I don't think they are winning the Super Bowl this year. So we're talking about in two or three years, can Denver win a Super Bowl? with that with roster, roster with russell wilson, wilson. Yes, yes i think, I think they think can it. but i think there's so many so question marks so about russell wilson, wilson, and wilson and who he is, is moving forward
1: mm. we also saw kirk cousins extend today with minnesota uh a Raj just resigned tom brady come back is this a matter of tom right now Is the quarterback situation is that we always say it when we talk about well who are you going to get to replace the guy that you don't necessarily want right i would heard a lot of uh, Minnesota fans, well, we need another quarterback, even though I don't think that's necessarily the an answer. And, and the draft isn't like it's been in the years past where you see so many going in the top half of the draft here. We're going to see a lot less quarterbacks go in the first round. Is, is this a matter of Minnesota just saying, look,
0: we know we're going to get with Kirk Cousins.
1: We, we, we went so far with him, maybe we can uh, win a game or two that we lost last year and it puts us in the playoffs instead of saying, hey, we don't know we're going to get out there on the market instead of Kirk I think a lot of it is like that. Look, everybody kind of made fun
0: of the, the Carson Wentz move, and that's you know, one of the moves I want to talk about next. That happened as well. And it was the big chuckle move, ha, 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 you know, Washington got Carson Wentz. But you know how I've always done this, Tim, you know, since, since me and you have been on the air together, I think that there are three tiers of quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't do elite or not. No, no, I do top ten quarterbacks, guys that can win the Super Bowl. Bottom, bottom 10, 10 quarterbacks. You're either, either too young or too old or probably should be out of the league or a backup, right? right. And then you have the middle, middle 10. Kirk Cousins is in the middle 10. ten. Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz is in the middle 10. ten. And here's, here's the thing. thing. While well, maybe, maybe they're, they're not a fix, fix you know, as of right, right now, now maybe, maybe Carson Wentz wasn't, wasn't the fix that Washington, Washington must have, Tim. But 10. They, they had, had a bottom 10 quarterback. And if you go draft a Malik Willis or you know whoever, a picket, they're a bottom 10 quarterback. So they, so they went, went from a bottom-10 quarterback to a middle-tier middle quarterback. quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick, as much as much like I love him, middle was never a middle-tier quarterback. Middle Caleb haley I, I, I mean, uh, whoops. You know—I yeah. mean, They're not middle-tier quarterbacks. They're bottom-tier quarterbacks. Bottom quarterback. bottom quarterback. so, so while everyone's know, kind of making fun, fun of the Carson, Carson Wentz thing, Washington, Washington got better at quarterback. And, and Kirk, Kirk Cousins, you know, Cousins, while it might be nice to kind of move off of him and say, ah, you know, the guy's 500, he doesn't win the prime time, he's still a quarterback that can bring you to the playoffs and has done that. So... You know, yeah, it's the devil you know rather than the devil you don't know kind of scenario.
1: Mark Cooper goes to the Browns. Any thoughts on that? Does it help him? Is this still make Baker may situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, to me, that, that's a, a ho-hum kind of thing. Uh, I think he's a big talent, but he doesn't fit with the, what the Browns want to do. The problem is they had no receivers. I mean, Odell Beckham's gone. You know, Lancher's going to be out the door. They, they had nobody. They needed a body. So... Yeah, it's yeah, still it's a still Baker, Baker Mayfield your problem. But, but even if they, they replace, replace Baker or brought Baker, Baker back or, or whatever, whatever it is, they needed a body. body. They needed someone, and you know they jumped, jumped on the market, on, grabbed a very, very, very talented body, and, and you know he can he can be peppered, peppered with a lot of passes, especially, especially crossing patterns. Passes. He can do a lot of good things. Um, uh, I, just I just don't think, think he's going to be happy uh, in Cleveland because they're run
1: first, run always. And of course, and of course like I said, the draft coming up, end of April, we'll do our draft. Uh, our mock draft coming up here in a few weeks so that'll be fun as always but Tom I wanted to close our one with baseball since we'll devote our two to the NCAA tournament so so uh, earlier this week we we had an agreement baseball is on Tom looks like April 7th will be opening day uh, what, what happened here both of these guys looked the mirror and said we better figure this out right now
0: yeah I think that's exactly what happened Tim I mean I think that they realized that their sport would be effectively dead. I mean, it really, really would be. You could not miss the season. You could not go into May. You just needed to do this. And both sides, when your back's against the wall like this, both sides don't want to budge, don't want to budge, don't want to budge. And then you're like, "Uh uh-oh. The reality is, you know, if we don't budge, we're going to really shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, Are we going to even remember a baseball lockout on July 4th? You know, are we going to remember a baseball lockout, you know, even on, on you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day. No, no, we're not. Because, because it's, it's, going it's going to be so, so quick, so short, no big deal. But had they gone another week or so, that would have resonated. And I think that they realized you know, people were interested. And then people can get very uninterested very quickly. And I they, baseball has to understand that. The rule, rule changers, I love. I love the fact that we're getting rid of the ridiculous runner on second. I love the fact that we're getting rid of the ridiculous double header, seven inning garbage nightmares. Um, the bigger bases, people made a big deal about. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, the bigger bases isn't really going to make that much of a difference. I don't care about that, you know. And then the DH is the the number one thing. I, look, I've reconciled myself for the past like ten years. I thought it's been it should have happened about ten years ago, only because I saw it happening and and the writing was on the wall. So. You know, to me none of the rule changes were bad i actually kind of like them except this playoff format and you know i heard added 14 teams it just got it got ridiculous with the playoffs but i think that everybody sort of had a compromise and, and really you know for a baseball purist you can live with these changes for a new baseball fan you're kind of excited about some of the changes and i think that that's where you want to be when, when you're done when you walk away from the negotiating table i think you want to feel like okay i'm not happy but i'm not upset and i think you want the other guy to feel like you know what i'm not happy and i'm not upset that means it's a good negotiation
1: what about some of these moves? so we're barely what 48 hours into the deal and we're already seeing guys changing teams signing trades happening it's it's madness before spring training starts
0: it is but i'm surprised it's not more madness tim i really am i'm Carlos Correa is still unsigned. Trevor Story is still unsigned. I think that these guys would immediately, you know, kind of just come down. We're actually seeing a lot more trades than we are signing. You know, the Yankees made trades today. I think that there's a slew of more trades coming. The Mets made trades. To me you know, you the, know the, the trades, trades have been bigger, been bigger than the signings and there's still guys sitting out there being, being like, like well i don't even like know what team i'm playing for right <laughs> you you still you have, have guys, guys like trevor story and carlos correa are a massive, massive names game shifting type of players, players that are, are out there, there. I, expected I expected a big time slew of oh, guys, guys to be moved and we haven't seen it yet um maybe in the next 48 hours maybe they were getting you know through the weekend maybe this is the initial claim i talked to a major league baseball executive that told me that Monday could be the craziest day in free agency history. Um, he thinks that it's going to be massive moves. I talked to another guy um, from the Yankees organization who basically said, you know, that Cashman's not done yet, so we could be having huge moves in the next 48 hours or so. But everything I do hear from everybody in the baseball world is that nobody wants to go into next week or into this weekend not having their team pretty much set. So, so I think, I think it's, it's all going to happen in the next five days. And
1: weeks. that includes the two, the two big names left on the free agent market.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, right now it's looking like the Astros are really pushing to resign Carlos Correa in a depleted market. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And everywhere, I, everywhere that I hear about Trevor Story just keeps bringing it back to the Cardinals. And I keep hearing the Cardinals makes a lot of sense.
1: Makes a lot of sense to me, too, Tom. I, I think he, he's a Cardinal when you look at him. He's a Cardinal, right?
0: Yeah. I, he, just imagine that Trevor Story and Nolan Arnauto reunited in St. Louis in that baseball town. Um, and, and think about a Rocky fan sitting there. What did
1: we get for them? Oh, just about nothing. What about your Yanks? Always the talk of the baseball world. And I had and seen some of your, your tweets, tweets over at Tom Barton Sports, Sports, Sports over on Twitter about you wanted Story over Correa. But now it looks like, like you're going to get, get uh, Donaldson and, and the shortstop, shortstop in Minnesota. Minnesota. sorry, I can't remember his name at this moment.
0: Yeah, Josh Donaldson is coming over. Look. I don't know. I, I mean, my problem is that I'm still a believer in chemistry. I'm not a guy that just strictly analytical. I'm not a guy that just looks at X's and O's and, and you know, lineup cards. I still believe that chemistry means something. I mean, getting rid of Gary Sanchez, well, that's good for chemistry. But bringing on Josh Donaldson, who does not like the face of your franchise and Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole does not like him, that's a problem. Gio Urshela, um wasn't a great player. And, and it's it's, it's certainly, certainly an upgrade. An upgrade. The, the offense is certainly upgraded. Is He's a good, a good defensive, defensive player, player. Sure. sure. Donaldson's, Donaldson's a, butcher a butcher at third base. I mean, I mean I I don't, I don't like, like the Donaldson, Donaldson part of this. No, now I I, I I will reserve, reserve judgment, judgment for a minute, because my initial, initial reaction, reaction was, was I hated I the move. Not because, not because I, I like Sanchez and not because I you know I like Geo, but because I didn't want to bring on a Josh Donaldson that his better days are behind him and they have to eat fifty million dollars. I didn't like that. But what, 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 I am reserving my judgment, my judgment because all I like keep hearing is that there, no that there are more moves coming, up, that the these moves opened up the situation to go, go make more more moves. Okay. Okay. Right right now, go, more, moves. Okay. okay, right now, the Yankees, Yankees don't, don't have, have a catcher on their, catcher on their roster. roster. So they are going to have to make some moves. I still think that the Yankees are going to push very hard for Olson from Oakland. I think that that's what they want to do. I'm assuming Clayton Torres might be the guy out of town. So there's a lot of moving parts. You can't judge a trade until it's all said and done. If the if Yankees, Yankees go into the season with this roster that they currently have right now on Sunday, Sunday the fourteenth, with the, the roster they have right now, Tim, they're a fourth place team. Okay, they, they are, are. This is, this is a is this is a bad roster. roster. It's, it's a, a bad, bad fitting roster. roster. They don't, they don't have, have a catcher. catcher. It's going to be, be weird when Gerrit Cole throwing, throwing, throwing and nobody back there. there. I mean, it's going to be weird. But I'm reserving judgment that there still will be more moves to be made. If there's not, you're going to hear my anger side. Right now, I'm trying to be zen and trying to be calm.
1: Did did you, I'm sorry, Tom, did you mention Freddie Freeman or no?
0: Freeman would be great. I just, look, I don't think that the Yankees are going to win the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes if the Dodgers are willing to kind of just pony up ridiculous money. So when it was Atlanta and the Yankees, I'm going, you know what, Freddie Freeman fits great. When all of a sudden it's the Yankees, Dodgers in Atlanta, I'm going, all right, you know what? He's not worth it. Watch the Dodgers go over and spend for him.
1: I think he winds up in LA. So, so uh, just as of yesterday, yesterday, there was an interview with Atlanta Braves manager Brian, Brian Snitker and one of the things brought up, up the, at the spring training camp was Freddie Freeman and he said, and he said they, they haven't talked, talked to him. him. Is, is this crazy, crazy to, to think, think that they, they this, you know, know basically, basically the guy, the, the uh,
0: motivational
1: tool to win that World Series is not even being looked at?
0: <sighs> I, 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 I just can't imagine it. Imagine it. Um, To me, it's it's devastating. devastating. Like, 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 You know, you you, you you don't 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 like teams. I don't like like the Braves. Braves. I don't have anything for them. But But you like like to see fan bases be happy, right? I mean, you like to to see just 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 fan bases bases be able to link on to that guy and their guy. And okay, and you feel for them if Freddie Freeman leaves. I don't know what Atlanta's doing. Are they saying, okay, we got our championship now, kind of we're going young? Are they just saying that they don't think that he's going to be worth the money down the road? I don't know what Atlanta's thinking. But it certainly, certainly looks like, like Freddie, Freddie Freeman's out of town.
1: Could have retired down. with his home team. Right? You know, I know it's something that we're, we're it's, a, it's an anomaly nowadays, right, Tom? But for a guy that the, the, just the postseason stories uh, all centered around him after winning the World Series, what do you remember the most after they win the interview with him? And so happy that he was able to do it. And now it's like, yeah, we're not going to give you those years you want, so. Uh, Whatever.
0: And, and, and Tim, that's, that's the, the thing. thing.
1: It's, it's not,
0: not the, the money,
1: money, money here, right? I mean, that's the
0: thing. Yankees have no problem paying him the money. Atlanta has no problem paying him the money. The problem is the year. I mean, that that's what we're right getting into. He, he wants, wants the long extended, extended contract at an age that it's just a, I mean, look, he's an elevated age, right? There's no way around it. He wants that huge contract and he's an older guy.
1: So, so with the abbreviated uh, spring, spring training, training we, we always go, go back to the, to the last time this happened and the injuries and the guys, guys starting off slow, slow and, and the runs being down, down and now, you know, you know you've already mentioned some of the agreements, the agreements that these teams have had for the, this upcoming, upcoming season and, and the craziness it's going to be. be. Do you feel, Do you feel like, like after, after how well it all went last year as a, as a whole for a baseball, baseball season beginning to end, that now, now we're like, like going backwards, backwards taking steps back? I
0: did initially. Tim, I really think that this is going to be, and maybe it's just me being an optimistic baseball fan. Tim, I think this is gonna be a blip on the radar. Um, I think that come you know Memorial Day, Labor Day, 4th of July, I don't think we're gonna remember any of this. I think baseball's gonna suck us in. I think it's gonna be a great year. It's gonna be a year where the young players that are completely taking over the league really continue to excel, to continue to bring us in. Um, And I think that this is all going to be forgotten. It's labor relations that we were not in the room for. We didn't miss baseball because it didn't cut into baseball season. Generally speaking, we're going to get 162 games uh, or or damn well close to it. We're going to kind of go back to a lot of the things that – We like, as baseball fans, nine-inning doubleheaders and things like that. The stadiums are going to be filled again, even in maniac places like New York, where they have moronic restriction rules. Um, They're going to be filled again. People are going to be out there. I don't think we're going to even be talking about a lockout in a month from now, Tim. It's not going to matter. It's going to be the young, exciting players taking the game and making us forget about it.
1: I think you said it best that most people didn't even know well, the, well, the fact, fact that we didn't, we didn't lose, lose games, games here, you know, okay, okay so, so spring, spring training's been delayed, we're going to cancel a series, series and then, and then we're, we're going to cancel two more series. series. Unless, Unless you're your a baseball fan, pro- you probably, probably didn't notice it or would notice, it, would it, would notice it, it, Tommy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Most of us, the hardcore baseball fan isn't going away anyway, and the, the casual baseball fan won't notice. That's, that's a, great a great point. point.
1: All right, here we go then. Tom Barton, Tim to Mugglesby, HeatWave Sports. We're going to close this hour when we come back in hour two. It's all about the NCAA men's basketball tournament, the seeds, uh, who got left out, some of the matchups we're looking forward to this upcoming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to break it all down for you in hour two. It's HeatWave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Sports. And we'll start Hour 2 off, here on E-way Sports. actually we're not going to start it off, we're going to take this whole hour and talk about March Mayhem, March Madness, March Mania, whatever you want to call it, it's time, it's here, it's the round of, well, the, the, what is it now, 68, but it all begins this week with the Big Tournament Society, this year's national champion, and, Tommy, first, before we even dive into this, um, is this still, for you, a huge day? Do you still get excited for the selection show? Yeah, you know,
0: no, I don't, Tim. <laughs> I, I really don't. Um, more times than not, for me, we already kind of know it. You know, I, I had somebody on this morning on, on my show. I had Rocco Milleron, who was a bracketeer, you know, and, and he basically said what, what I was talking about and, so recently, the committee does a lot of their work and they already sort of have their minds made before today happened. That bothers me, you know, and I think with social media and so much, and maybe it's my job, look, maybe it's because I'm so close to it and I'm interviewing bracketeers all week and things like that. Maybe, but I sort of knew where teams were going to be slotted. I don't really care if they're in the East region or South region. I don't necessarily care if they're a one or a two seed. What I always look for is I'm hoping for that two-bid mid-major. I like that. I'm hoping that my mid-major team that I I really like, a team like Vermont, I'm hoping they get an easy draw in the first round so I can make money on them. But generally speaking, I mean, we already sort of know where a lot of these teams are going to go. And more times than not, I'm not happy about the selections. There's two or three things I'm like, okay, that, that worked out to my favor. That's good. But more times than not, Tim... It's, it's like, like the, the lists of the best players, players in this and this and that i'm just, I'm just angry. angry i'm just because mad i don't see how they could see things that, this way, way. so, so generally, generally speaking i'm
1: just furious on a day I like
0: today, today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but you, you know you're right because at the end of the day we're dealing with the ncaa and whether it's basketball or football and i've even seen it happen on the baseball side i follow that so closely with with their regionals and super regionals and all that crap that they do you know you never truly get the best teams in the best, in, the, in one shot in order to play for it. And I think this is probably the, the most likely to get the best teams there. But then again, you go into the seating, right, Tom? And you talk about uh, where some of these teams are seated. and we'll, we'll go over that. It, it, there's always something up with this these NCAA, and it's just something we've had to live with our whole lives, you know? Being on the West Coast, Tom, I lived through the West Coast bias growing up, and, and it's not as bad as it was back then, obviously, but... It used to infuriate me sometimes being a West Coast, uh, living on the West Coast and following West Coast teams, not just UNLV, which was a personal vendetta I felt. But if it wasn't UCLA, Tom, or it wasn't Arizona in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, the West Coast got screwed over a lot as far as where the seating was, where they were shipped out, you know, hoping to bounce them out of the tournament. And it worked more times than not, but obviously times have changed and things I think have gotten a little more.
0: I think it's gone the other way, Tim. I mean, you know, I I don't have a wet East Coast bias, especially for basketball, um, but I think that they've overcorrected. I think that the West Coast gets the benefit of the draw in most cases. I think it has happened year after year where West Coast teams are over-slotted. I don't want to hear about UCLA last year. Look, they were slotted correctly. They just had a good year. Um, But generally speaking, I I mean, even I I look at this tournament and I'm going, yeah, I don't. I don't see a lot of these teams being where they are. You really think USC is a seven seed, Tim? I mean, come on. You know, USC, USC is not a seven seed. Now, I will say this: I think UCLA is a really good four seed. Okay. Um, do I think San Francisco is a ten seed? I mean, look, San Francisco is a nice team. They're not a ten seed. Okay. Let's be honest. There. You look at you know some of the the West Coast teams. I think they've gone overslotted. It's gone the other way around. Um, New Mexico Mexico State had a good year. Are they a 12 seed? They they should probably be a 13 or a 14. Uh, You put New Mexico Mexico State and you put Vermont on the same floor, Vermont's going to clean their clock, right? Um, Montana State's a 14 seed. Okay, good year. But I think Georgia State's a better team than that at 16. So, you know, I think that they've overcorrected in a lot of ways.
1: Let's look at, before we look at the field itself, what about the teams that, didn't make it, we, the snubs, they call them. And I looked at, in particular, Tommy Two, that stood out to me at least. What about a team like Dayton, 23-10, and 14-4 in their own conference? And a team like SMU, 23 wins, 13-4, maybe the semifinals did the AA. So Memphis is in, Houston is in, SMU doesn't go. Anybody else who thought maybe got snubbed, do you agree that maybe these two teams should have been in, who should be out? How does, it work? How does it work yeah
0: look i I, I, think I think both of them absolutely 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 should be in i did not believe wyoming should be in at all um you can't overlook what indiana did I, you, you can't i don't think you know i don't think you could really argue that rutgers i don't know rutgers is a solid team but no i, I don't see them being the team in i you know, when you get down to those who's left out stuff, I don't get as nuts about who's left out as I do about the seeding. You know, I, I can make a very compelling argument that both of those seeds. I think SMU should get uh, should have been in. I think Dayton should have been in well over Wyoming for sure. Okay, we're talking about Mountain West. Sorry, guys, that's reality. Okay, that, that's how I'm looking at it. Um, but you really break it down of, of who stole bids. And, yeah, you know, I, I'm not – I'm not looking at anybody and going, well, that they shouldn't have really been in. It was a hard year. I think it was a very difficult year. I'm way more upset at the seeding than I am about who got in and who didn't get
1: in. All right, then, as before we jump into the regions, the number ones. Arizona will be the number one seed in the South. Kansas is the number one seed in the Midwest, of course. Baylor out east, the number one team, and Gonzaga will hold four in the West. All number ones, Tom. No,
0: no disagreement there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I didn't look on my number ones. You got to give Gonzaga and Arizona Shore, Kansas, of course. I didn't have Baylor as a one. I'm being honest with you. And if Kentucky would have won that, I think Kentucky would have stole that Baylor number one. Um, I still believe in my heart that you got to kind of win your division. You got to win your conference to be a one. You know, so, I, still I still believe that, that, that you should be that, be that dominant team. team. So, so, I didn't, I didn't have, have Baylor as a one, but, but I'm okay because I think that they got the worst draw of the ones.
1: Maybe Duke or Villanova deserve that one, Tom.
0: No, Duke definitely didn't. To me, Duke was a force.
1: I, 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 can't I, I, I
0: can't believe Duke, Duke even got a two. Duke, Duke got a two seed because it's Coach K's last year. Duke, Duke has, has looked pathetic in their two games this, this year at, at the end, end of the year, of the year of when, when there was pressure on them. them. Pressure on them to win the ACC. You can't beat Virginia Tech. No. You can't win the Coach K's last game against UNC, who is an unranked team. Absolutely not. To me, Tim, Duke's a four. Duke is a four seed.
1: So you're looking at a possibility in round two. Izzo, Shashevsky, and Izzo can bounce them right out of the tournament. Uh, yeah, Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think
0: I I was hoping, I I was, look, I know Fullerton is just not the team to knock them off, which okay, we get it. I was hoping, Tim, that maybe a Vermont would go. I was hoping that maybe
1: we could see a Colgate get there,
0: or a South Dakota State because I think they would have gone down in the first round.
1: Yeah, you know, you know that these matchups were set up a certain way, and they weren't, weren't given to getting those teams done.
0: No, of course not. And, you know, I, I, I made a lot of excuses. I had Ian O'Connor on my show two weeks ago. You guys can listen to the podcast, by the way, with Ian O'Connor. It's uh, Believe in Betting, B L E A V. And I I, I brought Ian O'Connor on, and this is right before the UNC game. And I was making excuses for for Duke. And I said, look, I know it's a down ACC, but I think Duke could make a run here. And Ian said to me, you know, we're going to find out a lot about their emotion and what this team is. And if you remember, you know, Wooden's last year, the team basically emotionally picked themselves up and won that, even though they weren't the most uh, talented team i was i was on top of duke but if i see duke in two games where emotions matter and they got they didn't get beat him they got blown out in both games that emotions matter you can't expect them to do anything in this tournament come on
1: tom you're the king of the ivy leagues your thoughts on yale as a 14 and and their uh how they'll do in this tournament they open in round one against number three purdue
0: i think that yale is a subpar team i called this before the, 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 the tournament went off before the Ivy League tournament went off this week. I said, it doesn't matter. You know, Ivy League got a down league, down year. They were a one and done. But with all that said, Tim, and you know, I had Purdue before the year going to the championship. I like Purdue. They match up well with Purdue. Now, I don't think they get by Purdue. I don't think they win that game. But they match up well. There's certain things that Yale does. And this is when I love the the mid-majors. I love the mid-majors when you're sitting back and you're talking about, you know, what matchups that people don't realize. There's certain things that Yale does. Look, if this was a month ago, Purdue humiliates you, right? But the way that Purdue is playing and what you're starting to see, the coach's tape is going to be there. Yale is a very, very good head coach. They are going to give Purdue trouble. I don't think they get out of it. I think Purdue wins, but I'm seeing an early line
1: tip of 17. I, I mean, you got to take out all day. Then. All right, Tom. Well, let's let's dive into this. We'll go region by region, and we'll go um, like we usually do. We'll start in the quads, and kind of uh, maybe not each game's overall. We'll look at the quad, see how these teams progress, and then we'll just give our our before tournament picks on who's going to be in the final four and then a before tournament champion in case that changes as the uh, tournament goes along but we'll start in the south Arizona will be the one seed in this opening quadrant you have Seton Hall, TCU also there Houston, UAB, Illinois, Chattanooga that's your eight teams in that uh, top of the south
0: yeah, you look at yeah, the, the South, South and, uh, you know, yeah. um nothing, nothing really jumps, jumps out at out me here. here. I, I think, think UAB, UAB could, could give Houston, Houston fits, fits, but I, 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 I think, think, think Houston, Houston probably gets by. by. UAB's it's a lot is better, better teaming. I like teams that people don't realize. realize, but, but this, this, this is, is my, my favorite you know, bracket because I think Arizona could come out of this. I think Illinois could come out of this if they play their style. I think Tennessee could come out of this. I think Villanova could come out of this. This, to me— was a rough draw because I do believe so much in Tennessee. Who, by the way, Tennessee got the biggest screwed in this bracket that I can remember in years. How do you win the best conference in America this year was the SEC? How do you win the SEC, okay? Win the championship, win the championship game, and get a three seed? Are are we kidding? How, How is that? And Duke sitting there at a two? I mean, Duke's a two, guys? Kentucky and Auburn are both twos from the SEC. And Tennessee, oh, by the way, is holding the SEC uh, championship. Tennessee is holding the SEC championship, Tim, and there are three, and two teams in the SEC get two. Uh, Tennessee got completely screwed. How about Houston? What are your thoughts on Houston? I don't like them. Uh, You know, look, I know what they can do. But they've been uninspiring at times this year for me. They're a good team. But I've watched their, and if you, look, if you watch their games uh, and you watch them pretty consistently, what you see is a team that is very good at times, but they go through lulls. They go through, and I'm not talking about two or three-minute lulls. They go through eight, nine-minute lulls where if they were in a better conference and playing a better team, that other team could completely take advantage. I think Houston struggles against UAB the uab is a lot better team than people give them credit for i think uh the blazers are a team that you know it's a 5-12 matchup so obviously everyone's gonna pay attention to that right um but the blazers are a team that rattled off quite a few wins here in a row they put up at the end of the year to end of the year tim just to give you an idea of why this team is dangerous and i have a formula for mid-majors that I like. I like good shooting mid-major teams. Defense is great, and defense wins championships, but mid-major teams early on, I love the good shooters. That's why I was all over Oral Roberts for the first two rounds last year. To finish off the year, this is what UAB did: 81 points, 87 points, 80 points, 102 points, 82 points. I mean, they are going to bring their offense. They lost to San Francisco. Everybody loves San Francisco now, right? Oh, everybody loves San Francisco. They lost to San Francisco by two points. Yeah. By two right? I mean, they're right there. This is a really, really good team. You look at them, they lost most of their games by about a basket, right? You look at the UAB games this year, Tim, they lost by South Carolina by three, San Francisco by two, West Virginia by six, Rice by five, Marshall by three, North Texas by one, and then one game they lost by nine to Old Dominion. That's a team that knows how to play close, knows how to play tough. Um, I I don't like Houston to begin with, and now you give me a UAB against them? Man, give me UAB. I like them plus the points.
1: What about the Illini as a four coming out of the Big Ten?
0: You know, I like them, and I did, and I thought that they were going to have a much better year, but it's so prominent in tight, tough games that they just miss Iowa. They just miss him. Kofi Coburn is fantastic. He's a big body in the middle. But if you are able to neutralize him with another big body, which a lot of these teams are, if you're able to neutralize him under the basket with a big body, Arizona's going to be able to do that. Um, Illinois won't have a chance. I like Illinois. I'm rooting for Illinois. But I just think that they miss Iowa too much, and you can't just count on the big men down low.
1: Bottom half of the south. Villanova, the two seed, opens with Delaware. Ohio State. Loyola-Chicago, Tennessee, we both agree they were screwed. They actually should be a two-seed here in the South, and I think Villanova should be the two-seed in the, in the West. Um, Colorado State-Michigan, so here we go. Does Michigan deserve to be there? So we talk about teams not not deserving to be there. Does Michigan deserve to be there?
0: They do, Tim, and here's why. Number three strength of schedule. You know, I, I know they only won 17 games. I know they have their problems, and I know they – the eye test Michigan doesn't deserve to be here. I testing it. But they did have a massively strong schedule. I mean, absolutely brutal schedule this year. Now you could make the argument, yeah, they had a tough schedule, Tom, but they didn't win those games. (laughs) You know, I mean, that that is the argument here. Um, I get it, but there has to be something said for playing these teams. You know, there's got to be something said to go on the road and beat Ohio State at the end of the year. They beat Michigan towards the end of the year. Now they flip flop wins and losses. They went to Iowa and beat Iowa at the end of the year. You know, this is a, just a brutal, brutal, brutal schedule that they went through. But on the flip side, I, I get it, you know. It's hard to have faith in a team that got humiliated by Arizona, humiliated by North Carolina, um, you know, absolutely just destroyed by Illinois, destroyed by Michigan State. Um, uh, it's hard to look at teams like that. Their losses, they weren't even in the game, Tim. In a lot of their losses, a lot of their losses against top quality opponents, they got decimated. So I think they belong because they do have the number three strength of schedule in the country. I don't like them as an eleven seed though, and I, you know, that's what bothers me. It's like Michigan is a question do they belong. So instead of giving them a fifteen seed, right, or a sixteen seed, and saying, okay, well, you you just made your way in. No, they don't belong, so we'll give them an eleven. I mean, come on.
1: You know, you said the the old. Adage that battle-tested, tough schedule. How it could be a benefit. Is it, is it sometimes as well, though, having that tough of a schedule? You know how they always say the coach's schedule tough to, to get the team prepared for the tournament. Does it work the other way too, Tom? That sometimes it's just too tough of a schedule. But by the time it gets to this point, it's a beating team.
0: Maybe I've always gone the other way, though, Tim. You know, I used to, you know, be stumping for the AS, AFC, uh, ACC year after year after year because their schedule schedule is so brutal and their their schedule schedule is so crazy. crazy. I used used to love the ACC because of what they did and battle tested. tested. So I I like like battle tested teams, teams, you know, but but I I usually like battle tested tested teams that are good. (laughs) good. (laughs) I'm not sure (laughs) Michigan's a good team, you know, they're, they might be battle tested, but you're right. They're not a good team. Um, A good version of a battle tested team this year might be a Purdue or an Illinois coming from a very similar schedule, top 25 type of schedule, battle-tested, but they are a good team. Michigan, you're you're right, they might be battle-tested. I'll tell you what, though, I think they have enough to beat Colorado State. I think Colorado State is
1: vastly overrated. Yeah, no, I agree. I think six is way too high. In fact, the team that won the, the conference tournament is an eight, and then the team that played them in that tournament is an eight, so... I agree, I think Michigan can get through that round. But we're looking at conceivably around a sixteen matchup, Tennessee Villanova. That's that's kind of gonna be a fun one to watch, I
0: think. Yeah, you know, it's funny because if they weren't in the same matchup together, Tim, I'd have them both in the final four.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, you you could make it look, you can make the argument that Villanova had a bad year, and they did, they had a down year, okay? But at this point in you know the season, I, I like coaching that I know. And I know Jay Wright, you know. I know what he can do. At the end of the year, look, they had a two-point loss at UConn, you know, uh, a 10-point loss at a then red-hot Marquette. Outside of that, they just dominated their schedule. I mean, they really did. People are going to point to the 36-point performance against Baylor in one of the most ridiculous games that I've watched all year. People will point to that. But I'll point to, you know what, they did beat Tennessee, right, at Tennessee. They beat them by nearly 20 they, they lost to Purdue when Purdue was really, really clicking, clicking by only six at Purdue. So here's another battle-tested team with a really good coach. Um, personally, I probably would have had them in the Final Four had they been in another you know, situation here. I like Tennessee, though. I think that Tennessee is that team. What's funny is that I liked Longwood. I talked about this before the brackets came out. I thought Longwood had a shot for an upset. bid. I think people are overlooking who Longwood is and what Longwood could do. I think Longwood's a lot better than people give him credit for. But to me, Tennessee is just that absolute just nightmare for teams. Tennessee, it, it will, will beat Villanova if
1: it gets down to it. Yeah, if Longwood was slotted in the Midwest or the West where they could play Texas Tech or Wisconsin, I think you'd like a live dog there.
0: Yeah, I like Longwood. I, I like him plus the points. I mean, I'm seeing upwards of 20 points. I think Longwood's uh, that team. If you give me Longwood against Michigan, I'm taking, I'm taking the money line. <laughs> right? You give me Longwood against uh, a Houston, I'm taking the money line. You give me Longwood against you know, Tennessee, I think they're going into a buzzsaw.
1: Okay, first edition, Tom, before we start scratching teams off, of the, off the brackets. Out of the South, who do you have going to the Final Four? I
0: have Tennessee going to the Final Four. I am completely high on Tennessee. I gave you Tennessee before the year. And nothing that I watched out, out of Tennessee this entire year tells me I should
1: change that. I love Tennessee, too, but I think Arizona gets them in the, the round of eight uh, to, to move through. I, I like Arizona a lot. Um, I, I, You know, and I don't know if it was the Pac-12 this year, Tom, and I know we're going to talk about that because of the teams that are in and some of the seating. but it just felt to me like Arizona was just lights above the next best team in the in the uh, Pac twelve, which was Arizona. Uh, but do you UCLA? believe in
0: their in their coaching, Tim? I think I think Arizona is a poorly coached team.
1: Uh, Mr. Mr. Gonzaga Jr., you mean?
0: Yeah, talent, yes, but it, 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 it takes a different kind of coach to go through this tournament right now. Look, in five years, maybe I pick Arizona. You know, three years, maybe, but Rick, I think that that could be a problem.
1: And Rick Barnes is very very battle tested in the tournament. Yeah
0: interesting it'd be good we'll see we'll see we'll, see. we'll definitely see I, I mean arizona could have problems in round two with seaton
1: hall you know that that's that's a game that the, you kind of have to look at that uh maybe the number one team goes down i don't know you know seaton hall i like the coaching you talk about coaching right Seton hall good coach
0: very good coach yeah and, and a team that can hit from the outside and experience you know there are certain formulas that you like to move on i like experience i like coaching <laughs> Seen all quite a few of those things.
1: Let's drop down to the Midwest where Kansas holds the number one seed in this top half of the bracket. You have the Aztecs from Mountain West, Creighton, Iowa, the Big Ten conference or tournament champions, and Providence, Tom, playing South Dakota State in round one.
0: I could not have asked for a greater situation. I thought Providence was the weakest team that I watched all year that was a top. 15 top 25 team and I thought thought that that South Dakota Dakota State was the absolute number one mid-major that I'm jumping on South Dakota State is Oral Roberts from last year South Dakota you gave a quiz to people who's got the best three-point shooters uh, in the country right now oh South Dakota State who's got the best field goal percentage in the country right now South Dakota State not only do I think South Dakota State gets out of that Tim I think they win it handedly I think they win by 10 points I I love South Dakota State against Providence I don't buy into Providence at all and, you know, I don't know what to make of this Iowa team, man. They just keep winning, and they just keep outscoring teams. Richmond will not have enough offense to, to win that 5-12 matchup. But Iowa's one of those teams that, you want to tell me that they're a Final Four team? Yeah, I'm listening. You want to tell me that they're out in the first weekend? I'm listening to that, too. Iowa's massively changed my opinion of them. I just didn't believe that not playing any defense whatsoever could consistently just move on. They're proving that.
1: So with providence are you are you looking well obviously you're looking 13 seats south dakota state with the points what about a little little money line action there oh i'm definitely going south south
0: dakota state money line 100 percent, 100 percent. i think that they like i said i think they win and they win easily i'll go reverse line and take them you know on a, on a, a minus five or six absolutely
1: and we talked about off air that kansas and arizona you know kansas especially had the Easiest draw of the one season. It looks like that with the winner of Creighton-San Diego State in round two. And then a situation where you would like to see Iowa there right out of the teams in that bottom quadrant. But I'm sorry out of the top quadrant as we get into the bottom one. But even going all the way down and we look at the second part of this this region, Tom. LSU up in air with, with the coaching situation there wisconsin i think a week three you talked about usc being overseeded playing miami and then auburn out of the sec as a two c it looks like kansas has that path to the
0: yeah i have Kansas going to the final four i think that auburn can look auburn at times has shown that they are the best team in the country they have looked at at times wisconsin can be dangerous but i can see wisconsin going down to colgate around one i mean that's where that goes i don't see real competition unless iowa just goes nuts and outscores Kansas, um, it's going to be Kansas-Auburn. And I like Kansas as a more sound team than I do like Auburn, but I've watched Auburn play their best. When Auburn is playing their best basketball team, Auburn is nearly unstoppable.
1: Mm-hmm. But that would be the only speed bump you see in the way of, of Kansas. You don't think Iowa can grab them there in the uh, Sweet 16? Yeah.
0: Maybe. I just can't buy into the brand of basketball that, you know what, we're not going to play any defense at all like zero defense i mean i can't buy into that and kansas has seen that bill self has seen that kind of style before so i mean yeah i I think iowa really did impress me here Iowa opened my eyes recently but i'm still just not buying into that brand of basketball what
1: do you think about the lsu situation like is this i I get it like if will wade is a cheater then he's a cheater but was that proven this is just it was just a notice of, of investigation is this the time to be firing your head coach? No, it's
0: definitely not. And that's what it is. It's the timing of the investigation. It's 100%. There's no other reason.
1: Yeah. SC Miami. a Throwaway game, Tom, in the bottom of the Midwest.
0: Yeah, you know, and these are two contrasting styles, right? I mean, you, you know, Miami is that small team that run, run around and, you know, can do a lot of good things. USC is that big team. I, I don't know. I, I mean, they're two programs that people are going to be paying a lot of attention to i'm going to be sitting in the sports book tim and people are going to be going crazy for this game and i'm like what difference does it make? (laughs) whoever whoever they are is going to be lambs of the slaughter to auburn in round two you want to talk about a game what are they going to play saturday or sunday whatever whatever they're going to play take auburn minus whatever
1: in that game so i think we're in agreement that kansas is the team in the midwest so that would put you with kansas tennessee final four matchup yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah,
0: I like Kansas in my final four, I like Tennessee in my final four, and I wish that I could have them both in my final, but I'm going to ride with Tennessee.
1: Okay. I'm going to ride with Kansas over Arizona for a right to play in the national title game. I, I, like, I like the way Kansas is set up, and it just seems, doesn't it seem like every few years, Tom, that Kansas has that team? Is this the year?
0: It could be, um, you know. I mean, it, here's the thing. It, it's tough for me with the Big Twelve. Look, the Big Twelve has two number ones, so everyone's like, "Oh, it's a huge, it's a great conference, right?" But I watched a lot of Big Twelve this year, Tim. I was uninspired by the the, the secondary teams. Baylor and Kansas, great one, great two, okay. But you get down to the Texases of the world, I don't, I don't think Texas is anything special. I, you know what I mean? Come on. I don't think they're anything good. Texas Tech, I, to me, uh, well, Texas, uh, Texas, Kansas State. You know, go, the, even the the, the Iowa, Iowa states, states of the world, the the mid teams in the Big Twelve that people, people were pumping, pumping up this year, to me, fell flat. I I didn't see it. So I have a hard read on Kansas this year. That's why I'm taking Tennessee because I think Tennessee comes from the best conference in America. Tennessee is battle tested, like we talked about, and. I'm, I'm still, still not sure. sure. If, you, if you if you told me today that Kansas is going to lift the trophy and cut down the nets, I'm going. All right, right, I get it. You know what I mean. Well coached team. You're right. It could be their year. Could be that they have that guy. They have different styles. I like it. But because I don't love their conference, it kind of knocks them down a little bit for me. What did you get Tennessee at Tom to win? I got Tennessee before the year began at 22 to one. 22 to one.
1: And I got Purdue at 18 to one.
0: Those are the only the only two that I talk
1: So right now I can get Tennessee eighteen to one still. That's that's good. If that's yeah, the, yeah. yeah. okay. Absolutely. Alright, let's jump to the East then Tom, where you talked about the other number one seed out of the Big Twelve Baylor, the defending national champions. They'll open up in Norfolk State. You have North Carolina Marquette. St. Mary's out of the West Coast Conference playing the winner of play in game. Wyoming, Indiana, both teams you think debatable whether they should be there. Definitely Wyoming, Indiana with a nice run to close the season and the tournament. And uh, UCLA before traveling all the way to the East to play Akron in round one. I mean, how are we not
0: impressed with Indiana and what they've done? I mean, that was just remarkable.
1: Remarkable. I didn't see
0: it coming. Remarkable. Um, UNC has problems, Marquette has problems. Both of them could be a Final Four team. I mean, that's that's the talent they have. have. Both of them could be there. I think think Baylor is the weakest number one seed. I don't see them having uh, a problem with Norfolk State, although kind of lean the points in that one. Uh, But I could see UNC or Marquette knocking them off. I could see UNC or Marquette getting knocked out in the first round. St. Mary's is better than what people think. And you know I've been down on UCLA this year. I did my preseason previews about how much I was down on UCLA. They have completely changed my mind. I think UCLA could be the team to take out Baylor as well.
1: What do you think about – so when you look at, I guess, the landscape of it, and this region is is a lot because you're looking at teams from the west in the east. And, 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 you know, you you brought up a good point as we look at the bottom half of this one now. So you have San Francisco as a 10C playing Murray State in the round one. And San Francisco, you know, I've watched this, this program the last few years, and Coach Todd Gordon there. They're a good basketball team, right, Tom? It's just they can't beat anybody. I, I guess when you slot them, let's take a look. this. You see St. Mary's in this region as well. They can't beat St. Mary's. They can't beat Gonzaga. They're just kind of a good team that's the third-best team in the West Coast Conference, right? Do They even deserve to be here. That's the question. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah.
0: Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to say that San Francisco doesn't belong here, Tim. Um, but, uh, but uh, wow, look, I think Murray State's better State 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 than them, right? right? And they're, at, uh, they're 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 the seventh seven seed. Eight. Okay, so San Francisco's a ten seed. If you if you turn around and told me tomorrow that San Francisco is out, and I know San Francisco's had a nice year, but you want to tell me that tomorrow San Francisco's out and SMU is in there?
1: Aren't you kind of okay with that, Tim? Yeah. 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 I, it's I, it's they're they're about, they're about yeah. I mean they're right, right there. I think they're both kind of the same team, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uh, I think think that I think think, (laughs) I think think that uh, SMU nine times out of eight times out of 10 beats San Fran. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. I mean, if we're looking at a team like that and then, you you know, you go to, you know, look, I'm an Ivy League guy. Yale getting a 14 seed is ridiculous. They didn't win their regular season championship. It was a down year. Why are they a 14? Why, Why are they a 14 seed? They should be a 16 seed. Norfolk went wire to wire. Norfolk dominated their conference. Yale should be a 16 seed. Norfolk should be a 13.
1: Texas, Virginia Tech, opening matchup as well as Kentucky. You mentioned earlier, they play St. Peter's in round one. Uh, I like I like uh, Purdue, Kentucky out of the East in the what is that the Elite Eight, and I like Baylor, UCLA as well in the in or sorry in the round of 16 those matchups.
0: Tim, I think think it's another – you want to talk about the secondary after Tennessee. The secondary slap in the face, which actually might be a worse slap in the face, is the fact that Virginia Tech, the winner of the ACC, who beat number two Duke, gets an 11th Mm seed. Virginia Tech is better than Texas. They're they're just a better team. Let's let's not kid ourselves. They are a better team than Texas. So why are they an 11th seed? I mean, they're a dangerous 11th seed. Not only do I think they win that game. Okay, I think they got totally shafted because this is a team that could go on a run. But like you said, I think they're going to go up against Purdue. Purdue was a team I was loving early in the season. Early in the season, they were cruising. They beat Villanova. They beat Iowa. Uh, You know, they had a conference. They wound up beating North Carolina. I mean, they were cruising. And then, you know, a couple of hiccups along the way against Wisconsin, Indiana. You could you could deal with that Uh, against Michigan. All right. You could even handle that. But man, closing out the year three and three. Losing at Michigan State, losing at Wisconsin, losing uh, against Iowa. It put a little damper on it. But here's my my counter to that. They play a lot of close games. They beat Michigan State by five. They beat Indiana by two. They lost to Wisconsin by three. They lost to Michigan State by three, right? I mean, they play a lot of close games, especially at the end of the year. Can Purdue find that magic? Because if they can, Tim, I got Purdue going to the final four. And can they find that early season magic? If not, I could see Vatek taking them down. You know, that is the situation with Purdue. I'm rooting for them, and I, I like them. I'm holding a futures ticket on them. But while I'm filling out my brackets, I have a really hard time pushing them forward because of what I watched over the last two weeks.
1: I like Purdue a lot. This was my, my team to go out of the East. I have Purdue. And, and yes, Tom, I'm banking on them. the Purdue we've seen most of the year being that dominant team, but I, I think they they, they get through Kentucky in the round of 16, and I think they're the team that slays Baylor in the lead eight to go to the national semifinals. Look, I have
0: them in my final four right now, but I did a lot of hesitation putting them there. And it wasn't really necessarily Kentucky, who I think people forget that Kentucky struggled down the stretch, too. You know, Kentucky lost, you know, three of the last eight games. They, beat, they lost a Arkansas, Arkansas, Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, Okay, so so they they beat beat Ole Miss, Miss, not in the tournament, right? right? They beat beat LSU. They beat them by five at home. Not overly impressive. They beat Florida, not in the tournament. They beat Vanderbilt by six at home, not in the tournament, right? So I think Kentucky struggled down the stretch as well. They're not a team. This this East region is going to be a mess because I don't believe in Baylor. I don't believe in Kentucky. I want to believe in Purdue, but I'm not sure I do. I sort of believe in UCLA. UCLA might be that team that come out of it. But if you wanted to sit there and tell me that UNC or Marquette was a final 4 listening. Right? How can you say that even Vatech couldn't make a run? And I'll tell you what, if you really want to get into it here, Tim, Kentucky, Murray State, in state rivals, I'm taking the points all day long. Murray State may upset Kentucky in that game.
1: For right now, though, you have Purdue in the Final Four, yes?
0: Yeah. As of right now, I got I have Purdue in there. Just give me a second on, on Murray State here, Tim. Okay. Thirty-win team. They're thirty and two. Okay. One of their losses uh, came early, early, early in the season. they their fifth game of the season. Okay. At East Tennessee. No, no shame there. Then their second loss, Tim, came against Auburn in Auburn. Now, Now, you you could go go on their their schedule, schedule, and I I made this, I went on Twitter, and I made this this point to say, say, I think think that the the Ohio Valley Valley Conference is a better conference than the Mountain West, okay? I think going through Belmont and going through Moorhead State and going through Southeast Missouri State is a harder road to hoe, and they went through Belmont twice. They went through Southeast Missouri State twice. They went through Moorhead State twice. They did it three times, Moorhead State, I'm sorry. They did that over and over. So while it's a weaker conference, look at what they did outside the conference. They beat Chattanooga, but handedly. By the way, they beat Chattanooga by 11, and they did that. Uh, Chattanooga is a, a a team in this tournament. They beat Memphis in Memphis. Memphis is an eight seed, by the way. Oh, they beat Memphis in Ma- Memphis. They beat Long Beach State. Long Beach State was right there, right? Long Beach State. They won 80 to 43 against them, and then they had. You know, they have game against Auburn, which is their number one date. I understand why they got a bad seating here, you know, and Murray State got a, you know, a rough kind of seating, and you go, oh, well. I think Murray State is not only a team that will beat San Francisco. I think Murray State is a team that can take down Kentucky.
1: No, I like There's no doubt about it. I like Missouri State. I like Matt McMahon a lot, Tommy. You know, we always talk about who the next coach of a big-time school is going to be, and I think – there, there's has to be programs that have him on the radar. If you take out the COVID season last year, look, he's he's uh, been to two tournaments in the three years before that, and one in the third year he got screwed out of a tournament appearance. So, great coach. I I agree. I think they're through San Francisco, and I like him plus the points against Kentucky as well. Yeah, I'll I'll
0: take them. I'll, I'll take a little shot on them on a money, money line against Kentucky. Against Kentucky. And, and what you're, you're going to be getting, look, let, let, let's project forward. Kentucky's, Kentucky's going to humiliate St. Saint Peter's. All right. They, they, they just, are, just are. It's a bad, bad matchup for them, them right? right? And Murray, and Murray State, State will probably, probably struggle to get by San Sanford. Sanford. You're, you're going to get Kentucky. I mean, what do you think, Tim? 15? is a solid number. You know, 15. I'll take a shot on the money line on Murray State. I think Murray State is that team that people are just not paying attention. Murray State and South Dakota State are the two and, and Vermont but Vermont gets a bad draw I hate that Vermont drew Arkansas but Murray State and South Dakota State are my two teams that I think people are gonna sleep on and you can make a boatload of money on a money line if you have the guts to kind of go and take them uh South Dakota State against Providence money line I'll be taking if South Dakota State moves on against Iowa I'll take them on the money line and I'll continue to ride that they both remind me a lot of what an Oral Roberts did last year where all of a sudden people just didn't know what happened and if you were like, like me, you money lined it, and, and you're, you're sitting pretty. Well,
1: that leaves us with the West, where Gonzaga, undefeated season last year until the final when Baylor took them out. They're the one seed. They'll open with Georgia State, Boise State, the Mountain West Tournament champions against Memphis, who had a, a crazy, crazy season so far, and just a bad start for Penny Hardaway's team. It looked, it looked like, like they kind of righted, righted the ship at the end of the season. They're a nine seed. UConn, a five. Arkansas takes on that team. You just talked about Vermont in a 13. They, they, I think, Tom, you're right. They definitely got screwed in the matchup there. Arkansas, a really good team.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so, so disappointed. disappointed. Vermont, I made more money on Vermont than I did any other team. I went 10-2 and two in Vermont games this year. I love them. I went 3-0 in the playoffs with them. I, I mean, they, they humiliated every team in the American East. I mean, they humiliated them. I was rolling. I said, Vermont, you know what? This could be the year Vermont gets to a Sweet 16. And then I look at Arkansas, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, Arkansas is a really good team. And it's the same thing with Georgia State. If you don't realize Georgia State, guys, um, I was hoping Georgia State would get a 15-season face Duke and I would be taking the money line. Georgia State, their record is not all that impressive. Their record is not all that impressive because they're they're only 18-10. and 10. They had two of their big-time players out for a lot of the chunk of the season. Not only out, they had four cancellations in a six-game span, Tim. They were dealing with COVID. They were dealing with injuries. They were dealing—once with... they righted the ship, they just—they'd streak to the end. You know, they wound up streaking to the end. They won 10 games in a row— um none of the games were, were particularly you know nail-biting kind of games and this is a team that early in the season you saw what they could what they could do and the damage that they could do they went through some problems i thought georgia state was going to get a nice draw too they get unfortunately gonzaga who should beat them but i'm not laying that 20 plus points against them no 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 not not there you look at vermont and arkansas i still i'm still pushing vermont through. i i am i think it's a dumb move I don't know if I'm going to put my money on it, you know, yeah. um, but but, but my heart's my heart, there. Arkansas, Arkansas just looked like one of the best teams in the country at times this year. But I can't get over that. Ryan Davis and Vermont are just an explosive, explosive team. This team could score 80 a night, and they could hold you to 30. And that has been done here. Now, do I think that Arkansas, you know, matches up well against them? Yeah, they actually do. And this is why, unfortunately, they got pretty much the worst 13 draw. I would be, if they were playing Illinois, I'd be all over Vermont. If they were playing UCLA, I probably would be on Vermont. If they're playing Providence, I'd be back in the truck up to Vermont. But because it's Arkansas, I'm a little nervous.
1: Talk to me about about Memphis. So in mid-January, and Memphis as we know a top, one of the top teams coming coming into the preseason, in mid-January they lost to South Carolina or East Carolina, 72-71. To drop to nine and seven, Tom. I bet a little bit of money on them at 100 to one at that point. They had dropped all the way to 101 to win the national title. They went 12 and three to close the season. Yes, they got blasted by Houston today in the uh, American final. But a nine seed from Memphis is that a right seed there? And what do you think their chances are coming out of this or does Gonzaga? If they survive Boise, does Gonzaga take them out?
0: I don't I love, love Gonzaga this year. I think, I think they're, they're very prone, prone to, uh, you know, know, being picked, really picked off. off. I think, I think that they, they can lose. I don't, I don't think, Memphis think Memphis is that team, though. I don't like them getting a nine the seed. Nine. You, know, you know, know, Memphis is, is one of those teams three where, three where three if you gave me a three seven, three seven three all right, three I'm three happy. Three you know, if they were able to squeak out a seven, I'm happy. The nine seeds, by the way, eight, nine seed bracket matchups are about about 55 to 45%. Over the land almost 50 50 percent it's like 56 46 or whatever or 54 46 over the last you know since 1985. the eight nine seeds split, split and they split and they split and they split it's almost exactly 50 50 over the last 10 years they always split but the nine seed the next round when they take on the one they win less than 10 percent of the time tim it's like about eight percent of the time i don't i don't love your draw going up against gonzaga although i don't believe that Gonzaga is this beast that can't be taken down.
1: Bottom of the West, we'll see Alabama play the winner of Rutgers, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Montana State, Michigan State, Davidson, Duke, Cal State, Fullerton.
0: Yeah, again, Fullerton's just not the team to take out Duke. Um, All right, i I don't see that i could see davidson taking out michigan state i could see michigan state going to the sweet 16. they're they're an interesting team i liked what montana montana state did this year texas tech looks a little you know good a little dangerous there and alabama is a team when they are here's another team when they are playing at their best they are a national champion but we've watched alabama fall off of that if this was just like purdue if this was a, a month and a half ago Alabama-Purdue being your final two makes a lot of sense. Alabama just fell off the map.
1: You know, we always talked about coaching, Tom, in the tournament. and Where where the, the veteran coaches, the guys that just know how to get wins in the tournament? Is Nate Oates reaching that level?
0: I, I don't know. Let's see him this year, right? Yeah. I, I mean, nice run. You
1: need, a, you need
0: a little bit more from me. You got to do it again for me. And I, look— I don't love um, the way that Alabama ended. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. I don't like when a team. And, and I just said this about Purdue, and I think that Purdue can kind of turn it on here, Tim. You know, but I just said this. Look, you know, Nate Oates is a guy that everyone's gonna love, right? I mean, I, you, know, you love him. Oh, he's great. Alabama's a great team, and yeah, they are. But Tim, you lost your last three. You lost four of your last six games. And you, and you let up 80 up, or more, more points more in three straight games. Straight you let up 82 to, to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. 87 to Texas A&M, who is a more defensive team than anything else, you know? And so if you didn't get garbage teams like South Carolina and Vanderbilt in that, you have a four, five, six-game losing streak. And, and, and forget about that. Let's even go back to even just before that. Once they got in this team was cruising, and then they got into conference play, okay? And you lost— three of your first five in conference play, then they went through a stretch where they lost three or four in conference play, a, a different stretch, and then four of the last six in conference play. They are just a very, they're, they're a team that is very dangerous, but they're very, very flawed, very flawed.
1: Okay, Tom, so we have for you, Tennessee, we have Kansas, we have Purdue. Who's your team in the West? Tim, I'd like to take Vermont here, but
0: <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I think this could be Alabama's, but I have problems. I think Michigan State could do it. I got problems. I am so not sold on Duke. No, I'm off of them. Arkansas, I, you know, I almost want to take them, but they're going up against my Vermont team. It's Gonzaga's by default, Tim. I don't like it, but it's Gonzaga's by default. Yeah,
1: yeah. I agree. I have Gonzaga as well, even though I think you're right. Arkansas, potential speed bump in the Sweet 16, and if Bama can put it together, that round of eight matchup will be a tough, tough test for Gonzaga, especially if they're playing. Think about this. If Gonzaga has to play back-to-back Arkansas and then Alabama, Alabama might be able to grab them there in the Elite Eight. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that would mean you have Gonzaga-Purdue in your first matchup in the Final Four.
0: Yeah, and I keep saying Gonzaga is going to get picked off. I feel like this Purdue team is so flawed, Tim, but I'm taking them. I'm sticking with uh, with the team that I think I watched for a lot of the year, and I think they could get back to
1: it. I'm taking Purdue. I have the same matchup, and I have the same the same result. Since we copy each other, anyways, that that's the way. I, you know, here's a, I look at it this way, and look at the track record for Gonzaga, right, Tom? And they've even, you know, in the last ten years, they've even scheduled top-tier teams during the season. Purdue just played, and we'll go back to what we started this whole conversation with at the beginning of Hour 2. Purdue just plays a tougher schedule, plays a a more battle-tested schedule, and unfortunately Gonzaga plays in the West Coast Conference, Tom. I mean, that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, look, Gonzaga is a team that I thought before the year they were going to fall off a little bit. You just can't maintain that level, lose great players. Timmy's fantastic, I get that. But look, you, you lost, lost by 10 to St. Mary's, Mary's, which, you know, no, you, came you came back and avenged, avenged at home, home, but you're not going to be at home, mm-hmm. right? So, so you go, go back. back where was the, the other, other, other game, that game that really pushed that them? them? You want to talk about Texas Tech? Tech? I'm, not I'm not getting not into Texas Tech. So the you're other, other game, game, game that pushed them, them Alabama. At home, beat you. All right, game before that, that pushed you. Duke, beat you. Game before that, UCLA. All right, you beat them. Texas, I'm not buying into them. So, you know, they're they're... To me, they're 50-50 against upper-level competition. You know, they're about, you got a shot. Well, you're going to have to be better than 50-50. Someone's going to knock them off here, Tim. And that's the thing. Can Baylor get by a UNC or a Marquette? Yeah, you know, they they can do that. Can Baylor then go get by a UCLA? I'm not sure, you know. And that's the conversation I'm having with with a Baylor. Gonzaga's the same thing. Can Gonzaga go down to a Memphis? Probably not. But if Arkansas gets them, I could see them. Alabama starts playing well, I I could see them. You know, Gonzaga got the easiest draw here. So it's hard for me to find a spot where they could get knocked off. They could get knocked off by a Duke, uh, by a Bama, by an Arkansas. But I'm, I'm being favorable in pushing them to the final four. But they're not getting to my championship.
1: Then in the south, you have Tennessee versus the Midwest, which is Kansas. Yeah, I, I got, you know,
0: Kansas going against Tennessee. And I wish this was my final I would love this to be my
1: final, but I'm going Tennessee here. So a Tennessee-Purdue Big Ten SEC final.
0: Well, I'm sticking I'm sticking with my Vols. Tennessee against Purdue was my preseason prediction, Tim. This is what I gave in the preseason. These are the two tickets that I own. I didn't get off of it. I stayed. I watched an entire year. And while, while Purdue is a little so hesitant, hesitant I, I like what I see in Tennessee. Tennessee. I, think, I think, think that they, they are a two seed. I think I they're playing their best basketball. I think, I think they're coming out of the best conference. conference. They, they have everything that I want in a, in a championship, championship team. team. They are playing very well right now. They are from the strongest conference in America. They are battle-tested. And they're flying a little under the radar, which I think helps Tennessee here. Would I like them to be a two? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm taking Tennessee to win this.
1: I had Arizona, Kansas, Kansas going to the final, and I have Kansas, Tom, knocking off Purdue to give Bill Self another national title.
0: And I'm with that. You know, again, if I had to make my order, Kansas would be my number two team right now. I'd have Tennessee one, Kansas two. Um, Unfortunately, they're going to match up with each other. So, like I said, I'm going to fill out a couple of brackets, okay? I'm going to fill out usually two or three brackets is what I fill out. I filled out one, I got Tennessee going all the way. I'm gonna fill out my next, I'm gonna have Kansas going all the way. You know, that, that's just the reality of what I'm gonna kind of put together here with my brackets.
1: Well, Tom, we got through it. Uh, game start this week, and then, the, of course, the, the four days are madness Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Where's Tom Martin gonna to be for these Thursday through Sunday matchups?
0: Oh, well, not, not, not to, to promote because they didn't do anything right, great, right. but I'll be yeah. at Bally's <laughs> in Atlantic City. They gave me a nice free room, they gave me a free private table and stuff. So I'll be, uh, I'm leaving Wednesday morning and I will be in Atlantic City until Monday night. So it's a nice little little trip. Um, those are so much easier when I could just jump in the car and drive. And they're so much easier when you have a, a casino or a hotel tell you, yeah, we, we have you completely taken care of. So I'll give them the little pop. Uh, on the air here. Uh, Valley's Atlantic City is where I'll be for the week.
1: And you'll be working, of course, TomBartonSports.com. Hey, this is time to get on right now, Tom, right? If you you jump on tonight or tomorrow, you're going to get all the way through the tournament. Every
0: single play that I give out in the NCAA tournament, including the Sweet 16, including the Elite Eight, including the Final Four, you get it all for less than $100 at TomBartonSports.com. TomBardonsports.com, it's less than a hundred bucks. There's no upgrades, there's no commission, there's no phone calls. I actually had somebody sign up uh, that was listening to the show a couple weeks ago, Tim. And he wrote me a nice note and said, I can't believe that I've been here for two weeks and you haven't tried to upsell. <laughs> the "No, the players are just there. And he goes, and you're winning. I said, yeah, 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 yeah it's weird. It's crazy to think, right?
1: Formula. Crazy, right? Same formula, it yeah. <laughs> works. <laughs> what about your other... For a decade. Yeah. Your other endeavors, Tom, you got got the YouTube, you got radio shows going left and right. You're you're a busy, busy man.
0: Yeah, we're going to do a a fun YouTube this week. I'm bringing Abby back on. Apparently people like to see Abby on there, not me. Weird. I'm bringing Abby back on. We're going to fill out our brackets live on the air. So I want to see hers. I didn't let her look at hers tonight. So she's going to fill it out kind of live on the air. We're going to do that tomorrow afternoon. Go check out the podcast. It's Wagering Week, um, which you know, is always a really good podcast. And Believe in Betting. It's a shorter version of the same podcast. Also, please check out my Ivy League podcast. I'm going to break down Yale. I'm going to break down that matchup really in depth. I'm getting get a lot of responses from the Ivy League podcast. So check that out as well.
1: Tom, we're back both days next weekend, so we got plenty of tournament action to talk about. Until then, enjoy yourself. We'll talk Saturday night. Have a good one, everybody. Tom Barton, TomBartonSports.com. He said that if you join today or tomorrow, mention Heat Wave Sports every play through the tournament. Yours, absolutely, for, uh, for under $100 at TomBartonSports.com. And that'll wrap it up for us here tonight for Ryan I'm Tim Mungles. We have a great sports week. We'll talk to you Saturday night, 10 o'clock, right here on Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Good night.